Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Force will be with you. Always. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars Alliance. Of course, I'm your host, Clay, and with me, like always, is, of course, Katie. Katie, how are you doing today? Hi, guys. Doing pretty good. You know, today has been a reframing mindset, and there's a lot to talk about there, but, like, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. How about you? I have had a very busy week. I am going back to school this week. Um, didn't know that until Monday night. Um, I had planned for it, of course. Uh, and as I say planned for it, I mean I told my school that I would be willing to take the two free classes that they're offering. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, and they're like, okay, cool. You start around this time at the end of june i'm like okay and then completely <laughs> forgot about it because i am house sitting and i got a phone call uh from an administration saying hey by the way classes start tomorrow see you then and i'm like um i haven't received any kind of notification or preparation for this 
um, which kind of sucks because one of my classes uh, requires me to have a certain type of software that they just so happen to just not give me. Um, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, one of my classes, uh, the assignment is due on Sunday and I still do not have it since, you know, since Monday. Um, so yeah, that's, that's gonna, you know, uh, bite me in the ass probably this week, but we will see how all that goes. Other than that, still a little hectic, but still a lot of fun. Um, uh, so with that, um, we will go on. Of course, we have a little bit of news today is going to be a retro look at, of course, Rebels season one. We're going to be going through all of these seasons and re- uh, retrospect for Ahsoka, of course, coming in August. But um, just to uh, give you guys some of the insight that has been going on here in the GUA, of course, last week was our GUA crossover. Uh, so it is on the YouTube feed. If you go to the Geek First YouTube channel, of course, if you follow the GUA on any podcast feeds, you can listen to it there as well. Uh, had a lot of interesting discussions, a lot of stuff pertaining to The Flash, of course, across the Spider-Verse. Um, but speaking of DC, they got some pretty big news the <laughs> other day. Um, so uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun to listen to. I know that currently I think they are a little inside baseball here. They are uh, currently talking about the season finale of Superman Lois. Haven't seen any of that season, but got spoiled on TikTok for it. So that's joyous. Um, But yeah, uh, go check out all of the feeds and the shows. Of course, you know our schedule. It's going to be down below if you don't. But let's go ahead and move on to some news. So Katie, I want to tackle something that wasn't necessarily on our docket. We've already kind of talked about it because it's kind of a, you know, just a stupid conversation that's going on on Twitter right now. But I think that uh, people are actually believing this really stupid news. And we did, like I said, we mentioned it when we came back from our break, but I'm seeing it more and more and it's kind of pissing me off. Um, This news about Acolyte, this quote unquote, news about Acolyte. Um, For anybody who doesn't know or has seen it and is questioning whether this is real or not, no, it is not real. Acolyte is not getting soft canceled. That isn't even a, that's not a thing. That's that. What does, okay. So Katie, if, if this was true, if what the hell does soft cancel mean? So basically to define that, because I did read the article, because this is the biggest thing. When you find fake news on the internet, please don't just say this is bullshit. Like we all need to take a bigger look at it and go, hey, when things start trending, let's find the source and then let's define it. So people in screenshot, so people don't have to continuously share bullcrap over and over again. Like, because I had to go click the link to find out. And I'm sure other people did too. And that's just yeah. giving them more attention. That's giving them more attention and it's giving them ad revenue. And, and it's something that I don't necessarily want to give them, which is why I don't usually click on those clickbaity articles that I know are fake. Right. But when all you see on Twitter, and this is also like a current problem with Twitter, obviously, um, it, like the only thing I could see, Acolyte canceled, Leslie Headland fired, 
like everything and it was there was no details there was no like hey where did this come from I think I searched like three pages worth of Twitter like trending stuff to find the details yeah because I I knew it was probably bullshit but I wanted to be able to define it for everybody else so that people wouldn't go oh crap where is this coming from because there was no you couldn't find the source so going back to your original question soft canceled basically it's kind of what they've done to willow and all of the other things where it just disappears from the face of the internet and you never see it again except like obviously acolyte hasn't come out yet but basically the their comparison was oh it's the they're being ryan johnson where Kennedy has said, oh yeah, Ryan Johnson's totally getting the Star Wars trilogy. But is he actually getting a Star Wars trilogy? The yeah, difference yeah, here yeah. is that Acolyte is finished and is like in the midst of post-production with yeah. at least four to six episodes fully complete because she had four fully complete episodes at Star Wars Celebration. And that was yeah. three months ago. So, um, number one, bullshit. Number... Two, like, so many people at Disney have complimented Leslie for what she's brought to Star Wars. If they were having problems with her, she would have never been in the big TV focus piece that was done. The interviews and, like, all the pictures and stuff. She would have never been in those interviews. Like, yeah. she would have been on probation and not gotten to participate in any of that. Like, they are looking forward to her stuff. It's not happening. Uh, and also, this is just a way to pick your sources as somebody who's been in, like, film and TV reporting for five or six years. A, a, a guy who has um, the, uh, like, apocalypse-type first name and then a penis at the end of his name, not a legit source. Just get that out of the way. Now, I don't want you to go look him up, but that is literally his name, and that is the source they chose to use. And this was um, Cosmic Book News. They they like they do some decent work sometimes, so I'm gonna physically name them. But their source is garbage. Um, yeah. So please, if you see that name on the internet, it's not legit. Like a, a broken clock is right twice a day. Like giant freaking robot. I don't think Doom. I don't think this guy has been right once. So, yeah. So just wanted to bring that out there. I, uh, it started to pop up again today on my feed. So I was just like, oh, I need to talk about this. Um, but in other news, looking at our feeds here, um, I think one of the most recent things looking at it now is. Um, I know you shared this. I don't know if you have uh, a lot of introspective in it. Oh, well, actually, you know what? Let's keep that for later. I think the some of the biggest news that we have yet to talk about looking, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, is... Uh, okay, so did we ever talk about the full synopsis of the uh, Ray Skywalker return yet? No, because that came out... Um late last week too and that is also a lesson in learning your sources people yeah. um so basically what it comes down to is the synopsis is 
not exact, but it is very similar to kind of the new Jedi Order synopsis for Legends. So yeah. it has like the girl um, Padawan and the boy Padawan. One's going to come out to be a leader, but crap hits the fan kind of thing. Yeah, and I I will admit it sounded so unlike because we we talked about this. Uh, I think I don't think we talked about it in our uh, crossover episode, but we definitely talked about it in our GUA chat. This fake uh, letter or uh, press release for for Beyond the Spider Verse, which was like oh, due to our poor management, we're going to delay the movie and like had all of this weird grammar and jargon that was clearly written by somebody else. Um, this synopsis sounded well-written enough to sound legitimate. So that's why I shared it in the first place. Then there was a lot more sources saying, hey, like, yes, they are getting one or two things right, which we did know, hey, there's going to be two other leads, one being a female, one being a male um but that's basically it uh looking at some of the articles that stated like oh this is what we know and this is what we don't know and this is what people are putting out there um so uh we don't know too much yet on that and i don't think we will um until and a lot of things are really hangering down on the fact that like there is not going to be much of a progress on anything in hollywood until these strikes are over um, I know that there are plenty of movies out there right now that are like just starting to film, but if there's a <laughs> if there's an actor strike, that's stopping immediately. Um, yeah. So, and especially when we know right before the writer strike happened, the guy who was writing the movie was basically said, "Okay, you've done enough. We're gonna hand it off to somebody else." Yeah. So yeah. we know there's not even a, a completed script. Yeah. If so, an actor so, strike doesn't happen, they could go into casting. But what are you going to cast for with no script? Yeah, exactly. So, so I was going to say, if the actors' strike doesn't stop them, the writer strike will, because we all know that they do need a completed piece of work to get that done. Um, so uh, there is that. The next thing here is, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, yes, the biggest news for us uh, High Republic fans, uh, this post was shared via Star Wars, the actual Twitter account. It says, have you seen this Jedi? The search for Buryaga is on. The fate of the High Republic Wookiee Padawan is revealed during the High Republic show July 5th on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Hashtag Where's Burry? This has people freaking out, um, which I think is absolutely amazing because it truly does show that, like, I, I, I absolutely love when, and it doesn't happen in all cases, but just those random cases and definitely other franchises that happens also. But when a side character blows up, like people probably didn't expect. Because, yes, Buryaga was the limelight and was the main character of the, like, 
the young, n- not the young readers. It was the the preschool yeah, uh, the, age books. Yeah, the kids stuff. The kids stuff, um, which I can almost guarantee that only hardcore collectors <laughs> of these books, not even hardcore fans of the series, I think hardcore collectors of Star Wars as a franchise grab these books. Um, so, and in the other books, Burry was probably featured maybe three times, maybe four times with minor roles, except for at the very end with uh, the fallen star. Um, I think he had kind of the most uh, spotlight on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am super excited that we are getting a where's Burry uh, hashtag like a spotlight on him. Um, but you said something very, very interesting. Uh, you said, uh, I imagined it's going to be revealed because as a second project, they're doing a bell comic to go find him. We all knew he was alive. A missing person. You don't... St- a missing person can still be dead. Like as you don't dark I'm as sorry. that is. You especially in Star Wars, like I know, like there's been like some dark stuff in Star Wars, but I feel like they've tried to like lean more lighthearted with like some shocking horror moments here and there. Um, so I don't think it's like I don't think it's he's dead, though it would be funny for them to do all this build up and then go straight to oh, yeah, by the way, Burry's dead, like. I I just don't think you do this type of thing for if he's dead. I I don't think so either. But like I can also see there being a type of like hey, just so you guys know, here is an epic audio drama of the very emotional death of Buryaga. Like, and that would crush people, right? That would absolutely crush people. That would but fucking like, crush people. But if you gave them something to like be able to like cheer them on, like cheer Burry on in his final moments, because we only got a glimpse of it. Because if I remember correctly, it was uh Buryaga was fighting alongside um 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 uh Oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Uh uh crap. Uh, uh sexy Jedi. Um I don't remember his name. Uh it's it's going to come back to me. I know it is. Uh either uh, way. Elzar? Elzar, yes. He was uh Be- uh not Bell, sorry. Burry was fighting along Elzar and then mm-hmm. Elzar had to leave him behind. And it was like a very emotional scene because Elzar was like even crying as he ran down the corridor yep. when it was happening. Um, so, like, I could see there being a moment of like you know having either like a uh, uh, a like a visual medium as far as like the fight scene or whatever, and having this small moment with Burry and then he dies and we'd be like, we waited all this time and then he's just dead. 
It would be heartbreaking. If he's if he's gonna die, it needs to be an emotional moment. Yes. I don't yeah. think he's dead. And very, very people will be very mad if he's dead. Especially I, I if think, this is how they announce it. I think there is a two percent chance that he's dead. Um, that's how much I don't believe my own, like con- trying oh. to convince you. Um the so the other thing that people are thinking, oh, they might be announcing this. Um, instead of like of peace focusing on how he's alive, they may choose to just say, Oh, by the way, your favorite Wookiee is in the acolyte, and like throw up a picture of him in the acolyte, and then leave like the story of how he gets found still up for debate. Oh, I don't know if I would like that. I don't know if I, mean, I, would I like still that. think you're gonna get the story because it's important to Bell for that story to happen. Well, especially when he, like, when his last words were like, this is all I have to live for right now. Yep. I'm gonna go find him. Um, So, I do think we will, but if they were to say, oh, by the way, Burry is in the Acolyte, you know, stay tuned for the next three years to see how he (laughs) survived uh, the fall of Starlight Beacon, like, I would be pissed. Like, Especially if Charles Soule, I swear to God, <laughs> Charles, if you don't reveal where Burry is until the very last book, I'm going to have some words. Burry needs to be in the next book. I'm sorry. What he if he's not in the in- next book? What if he, but he's in, like we talked about, like a mini run of comic? Wait. <sighs> As a comic book fan, I have I'm more in love with these books than I am the comics, to be honest. Um, just because I think that you you I'm not gonna say that you can't draw emotion from a comic. I I have drawn plenty of emotions from reading comics, but because we were introduced to him in books, there is so much of like I just think you can spend more time in a book with him than you can in a comic. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying we know that there is a standard for the books that come out. Like, it's always, we get the adult, we get the middle grade, we get the young adult, we may get an audio drama here or there. But the audio, if if we're getting an audio drama, it hasn't been announced. Yeah, no. Okay, so they just brought in legendary comic book writer Alyssa Wong yes who's been writing Dr. Afro and stuff they only have the two projects they have the short story in the Barnes and Noble exclusive edition of For Light and Life or Tales of Light and Life um that is coming in September so they have that story and then they are co-writing a middle grade novel with Daniel Jose Older Mm-hmm. What else did you bring them in for? I I could see them. Well, actually, so I don't believe anything has been announced for a comic tie-in to Phase Three. Am I right? What are you What are you talking about? So we At, have we have the the Charles Soul one which is starting in October. And then we have 
the Marvel run and the higher the Dark Horse run. Yes, yeah, yeah. we assume that those are going to be coming out because they come out with every phase. But they have have no, they, they announced the creative to... with a creative team? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, they announced See, it with a writer. So Jose Older is going to be writing the adventures, and Soul is going to be writing the Marvel run. Oh, okay. See, when you said Soul's uh, book, I thought you meant his his continuation of the Blade. Um, no, it's so the four. It's the four piece that we talked about last week. It covers the year between Phase One and Phase Three. That's right. That's right. Yes. 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 But. Uh, so I'm talking about the 10 issue run that has been going on with each phase. That's what I'm talking about. Right. That's so, uh, that's Kevin Scott's. I'm sorry. It's still Kevin Scott. Say soul? Yeah. You said soul. So the Marvel run is done by Kevin Scott. And then the adventures run is going to be with Daniel Jose older. Ooh. And these runs may be longer because they pushed the publishing out. Yeah. So they, they're continuing it for over a year and a half. So well, we can I, get more comic issues. I think it would be kind of cool if that run was written by uh, Wong, just because I know she has been killing it. I haven't caught they. up. Uh, what? They, they. sorry. Uh, they have been killing it on Dr. Afra. Um, I know that people have a mixed conversation with her uh with them um but for the most part i have seen very very positive uh reactions to their work um and i thought hey it would be kind of cool if they wrote the main title you know yeah um because there's this stigma of like oh you're only writing a tie-in or oh you're only writing this other title it's not the main title of a star wars blah 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 but when you look at Star Wars, in all honesty, when you look at the Star Wars comics anyway, you have more people talking about the other character titles more often than you do the main title. Yep. So I think you need to bring in some of that uh, pizzazz, some of that, uh, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, I just, yeah. I just think you bring that talent into the main title, people will follow. And that's when you will get more conversation around the main title. And I think we're all just kind of having whiplash, though, from Phase 2's comment. Because I think we can all agree. Phase 2's Marvel line, because we High Republic Adventures did actually finish today for Phase 2. Have not Which had a chance to read, to read. Yeah. But... Uh, we'll get to them and we'll let y'all know. But I th I think we're all experiencing whiplash from phase two's comic run because yeah. we can all agree. Phase one was a lot better. I think it was a lot tighter. Um, so I, I can understand them giving it back to Kevin though because that's what he's been doing. And I can see him wanting to finish out the story because I would imagine keeves going to be the focus in yeah. the phase three comic again now i'm what i'm thinking is that maybe Alyssa is going to end up writing a couple other um tie-in comics i mean trail of shadows trail of shadows was a beloved comic that daniel jose older did 
Yeah. Like everyone loved that comic. Um, and that was his first comic ever besides High Republic Adventures. So to me, I'm like, I'm not, I, the additional tie-in runs, I'm not going to hate. Um, Have we received any word about any panels at San Diego Comic-Con? There is going to be a High Republic panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Charles Soule and Kevin Scott's newsletters have both confirmed that they'll be there. Okay, cool. Um, Because I can explain. I, I I will go ahead and put uh, th- that there will be one or two announcements as far as uh, additional titles uh, coming mm-hmm. out for phase three. Um, and and I think that the the really popular thing this year uh, that is a conversation around San Diego Comic-Con is, oh, it's finally going to be about comics um, <laughs> because there's not going to be a whole lot of studios there. Um, so that's going to be very very exciting uh next on our list um so i i i since we're talking about comics um i do agree with this uh d john brown that you that you posted uh and i do want to bring that up because i think it is a topic of conversation um because we have always said if Lucasfilm decides, hey, like we want to stay within the Skywalker saga on some things, but if the reception of the Acolyte is positive, we definitely want to move more into that space, which we personally definitely want. Um, yeah. So this person on Twitter says, uh, Lost Legends of the High Republic would be a great name for a novella collection after the phases are over. Revisiting characters from across the era, backstories, epilogues, uh basically uh uh cyan holds for uh first big case uh padawan vildar uh uh the uh apprentice uh legislature so like all of these different types of like the small little breadcrumbs that we've received in every single book uh that we know is not going to be able to get fleshed out it would be a legends continuity without being a legends continuity. Um, yeah. Which would be very, very fun. I think that, uh, I think Marvel Lucasfilm star Wars should do this. I think that they should see if we can pick up more stories in this era, because again, like when it comes to comics in the, in the Skywalker saga, they're doing in between the movies. They can only go so far. Now, again, yep. there's a huge gap, which, I mean, there's a lot of stories there, but there's a huge gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Yeah. Now, I will be willing to eat crow, but if in, I think, because what, it was 50 issues, I think, from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back? I believe 76 um, 76 sorry don't um, ask me how I know the number off the top of my head <laughs> okay so currently I think they're like on 37 38 so we have another 40 issues to go it's monthly so that means that we have another 
one, two, three, four years for them to even get close to what they were back then. So, and I don't think you're going to be able to go that far just like throwing that in there because the time span between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is longer than Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi. True, true. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, hey, if we want to kind of give it the same kind of feel, even, even if you mark it down to let's say fifty, you okay? Then at that point, you only have three years um, or less. Um, I would be genuinely surprised if Marvel and Lucasfilm announced at uh, at Star Wars Celebration that year or San Diego Comic Con. Hey, you all wanted the adventures of Luke Skywalker? Well, here you go. And yeah. that's where we are for the next 20 years in comics. Like, <laughs> genuinely, I, I think that it would, I would be pissed. Um, But I, I, I think that it would, I don't believe it's going to happen. So if if I need to eat crow in about four years, I'll do it. But I think the High Republic deserves a lot of attention because it's getting a lot of positive perspective and a, and a lot of po positive reaction. I think so, too. And so let's just put it this way. Um, while the Star Wars 2015 run, it actually had 75 issues. It did not have 76. Um, hey, you were close. I was close. Uh, it went for four years and 10 months. Um, it went January 14th, 2015 to November 20th, 2019. Yeah. So it, re it restarted January 1st, 2020 um, with the current run. And so, I mean, realistically, yeah, probably looking through 2025, yeah. I would say. Which doesn't put it at the 75 comic mark because I think there's no. been more delays, I think, with COVID and stuff. But I really think that they've – I'm really interested to see how far they drive the 2020 run because I think it's, like, hit a couple spots where it's like, okay, this was a good stopping point. Here was a good stopping point. And it and, just keeps going and going and going. And, again, I think a lot of people um, – by the way, um, if uh, any of you are interested in reading some uh, – really fun articles and fun comics uh go check out my knock manners article on uh how yes. how star wars should be uh writing their events in comics um um uh, that was by chris worms that actually wasn't by ryan um oh that's right that's right it was by chris sorry um, but that is on that is not on my knock manners website that is on 1138.com Okay, okay. So, my apologies. Uh, go check out that article. It was absolutely amazing. I do agree with them. Because I think more fans are very much, especially in times of COVID and uh, the lack of income and, you know, the economy and everything. These events, whenever it comes to comics, can get very, very expensive. Me and Katie went uh, on a deep dive of this, uh, I think, last year when it came to, hey, realistically, how much does these comic runs cost when buying them weekly and everything else? It can get very, very expensive. 
And readers and fans are starting to realize this. Them coming out with this, like, I can't even remember the title of the event that's coming up. The droid event with the... The dark droids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the dark droids event. I think a lot of people are going to be skipping this. I think there's going to be some fans that just read it just for the fact that they are collecting the run and they don't want to have missing gaps in their Star Wars run. But they're not going to very much care about the story within yeah. itself. And so with that, I think that you could very easily end the story between Empire Strikes Back and return the Jedi. Like you, you could easily there. There is some because I'm still, I think, three or four issues behind. Um, and it's, it's, several it's, issues behind. It's a, it's, it's kind of interesting right now. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that we saw in a preview a couple weeks ago that uh, we're gonna see how a uh, Kyber a, crystal uh, gets cleansed. Gets cleansed exactly. Um, so. Like, that is something that is very interesting. But, you know, it, it only goes so far. It, it, it only goes yeah. so far is, is what I'm trying to get. And I think I'm on the same page with you. Like, especially, like, this Dark Droids run. Uh, I'm not necessarily concerned about, like, the crossover. Because they really haven't, like, announced, like, an event issue. Like, because right now, Dr. Afra and Luke are crossing over right now. So I'm sure it's going to, like, spin out of that. Um, and Darth Vader's crossing over, too, I think. So they're all crossing over for a different purpose. So it's going to spin out of that, I feel like. But, like, this... So basically, Guggenheim, which I don't know how things got lost in translation. Because I loved Guggenheim on Arrow, the TV show, for the CW. Yeah. I have not liked a single one of his comics that I have read. Not what's not a bit whatsoever. He's he has had a lot of misses um in the comic book industry in in my eyes. Um and sometimes it doesn't translate. A lot of people would assume, oh, you know, if they're really good at doing TV, then a comic book should be simple. Um you know, we'll see how it goes the other way around because we are seeing uh, Tom King within the DCU in the next few years. So, I mean, we'll see how well his writing translates to the big screen as well. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't been liking Guggenheim either. Um, and, and that's why I'm saying, like, when we were talking about uh, uh, Alyssa Wong is, you know, put some fresh blood on some of the bigger titles. Like, uh, yep. Or your quote unquote main titles. Uh, and it also, it may be that they don't want the title just because the fact that, hey, I've had a really good connection with Dr. Afra. You know, we're mm -hmm. doing good together. I don't want to mess that up by trying to juggle two titles and then one gets delayed and one doesn't. and Or one yeah. brings all the attention and one other one is lacking. I, I could totally see that happening as well. So I'm not entirely sure what the overall solution is but like i said i think that the high republic should be getting a little bit more of the limelight if not a full transition when it comes to hey where can star wars go from here yeah and i think the biggest thing is that they want to let the publishing initiative go out 
like with it. And then, like we talked about, go in, fill in some blanks kind of thing. I think that's the smart move um, to have versus like trying to run the publishing initiative, but then going, oh yeah, hey, we want to bring another High Republic title in that's not necessarily under the initiative. So yeah. also update, SAG-AFTRA prepared to strike letter has now been signed by over a thousand actors. I saw that very, very exciting and kind of scary news when it comes to what our <laughs> entertainment is going to be in the next few years. Um, hey, books will still be there. Books will still books, be there. Books will still be there. All right, y'all. We are going to hit our first ad break and we will be right back in three, two, one. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the October 2023 titles for the essential legends collection we've talked about them already we got some covers so here is the true colors book which is book three of the republic commando series uh by karen travis um so you can see they've got a clone carrying another clone um after an explosion and i really like these covers i do they're gorgeous um this is one of my favorite books in star wars like Legends and canon, completely. One of my favorites. I have never heard about this book, but I think I want to grab it only because of the title. Um, back in the day, I was a huge fan of the movie iRobot. And so just seeing this title, I Jedi, I'm like, sorry, I gotta got I gotta get it. Um, have no idea what this book is about, um, but I'm totally grabbing it. So this book is about Corrin Horn, who 
was a member of Rogue Squadron. And he actually uh, is from a Jedi family. Um, so the members of the, um, in Legends, Corellian Jedi kind of led a different life. So they were allowed to have relationships and spouses and everything. So he is descendant from one of the Corellian Jedi. And part of their specialty is that they can't really perform telekinesis, which as we all know, is a huge staple in a Jedi Knight's arsenal. So yes. he has to come up with different methods and stuff. Um, you can see his lightsabers white in this instance. Um, so this is about him coming to terms with his heritage and becoming a Jedi. So that is very, very interesting. I will definitely be picking that one up. Um, was there one other cover as well? Yes. So we have Annihilation, which is an old Republic book by Drew Carption. And this is the guy who wrote uh, the Darth Bane trilogy. Um, the other book that is set to come out in, in this uh, issuance of the essential, essential Legends collection is The Courtship of Princess Leia. That cover's not out yet. These are all um, showing on Amazon. So it's definitely early. Um, but they're on Amazon. They're not like a leak leak so that's why we're sharing so very nice now i believe just something very small uh i know uh this isn't huge news for katie um just because it's video game related and not huge news for me because it's a game that i only played in its infancy and i haven't really gone back to it but there may be some huge fans of the old republic uh, so the executive producer of the Old Republic, Keith uh, Koenig, I think is his name, um, gave some uh, updates on how uh, the game is going to be transitioning. So it is stepping away from, I believe, uh, Bioware, I believe. Uh, yeah, EA and Bioware. They are stepping away from them and they're going with a studio by the name of i saw it here in the article it's been like a couple days since i've read this so please excuse me uh broadsword is the studio that is going to be uh in charge of the older public now um how that is going to be affecting your gameplay i'm not entirely sure um with things mm -hmm. like this it can get a little messy uh just a fair warning who is for anybody who is playing subscription services prices may fluctuate some things may change so just be aware that that is something that happens when there's a shift in management and in leadership. So we'll see how all that goes. And if there's any update, we will let you know. Um, but I just thought that was very interesting because it is a game that has been going on for a very, very long time. Yeah. And I, I'm the one who shared it because I saw it and was like, oh, I don't know what this will mean for the game. But there you go. Um. We will keep y'all posted if we hear anything else, obviously. Uh, so, the next bit of news, Michelle Ong has shared her uh, crew gift, which is a little stand of Hunter's helmet. Um, and it says, for your service in the Bad Batch. Um, it seems to be like a wrap gift, um, because typically you don't get those until the season is done. 
So season three of Bad Batch may be in the can, at least vocally. Um, so that is very, very exciting. I know that we are just awaiting the fate of everybody that is, of course, involved with season three. Um, haven't had a whole lot of conversation um, of season three talk or anything since, of course, uh, celebration. Um, I th- I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who've kind of just were burnt out on the first season, didn't really give the second season a chance. Um, but I'm really hoping that season two made enough noise for people to really want to jump into season three. Yeah. The, I think the last bit of news we have, um, is Kathleen Kennedy at, I believe, um, the, yeah, talking about, um, basically an interview for, uh, Indiana Jones five, which by the way, we are reviewing that this weekend come find it on Monday for the review on Slice of Film. Um, So she talked about the link between James Mangold's movie about the origins of the Force and Charmaine uh, Obechino's film starring Rey, uh, or starring Daisy Ridley, about Rey and creating the new Jedi Order and stuff. And here's what she said. Um... She said there could be a thematic connection between James Mangold's movie and the um, Charmaine uh, Obechino's movie featuring Rey. It would make sense to understand how the Jedi Order came to be right as Rey is creating her own Jedi Order from scratch. It was something that Jim immediately sparked to, and I think it's a really nice compliment to what we're doing with moving into the future with Rey and then understanding a bit more of where this all came from because it will be at the heart of creating the new Jedi Order. So to get a sense of where that might have began with the Dawn of the Jedi could be pretty cool. I agree, but I what I'm not looking forward to are the very obnoxious people that are like, well, why wasn't this present in the George Lucas films? That was a great impression. Um, excuse me, that's not canon because George Lucas didn't write it. Uh, oh my like, god, I it's gonna hurt my brain so much because we have <laughs> new guests, and, and, and don't get me wrong, we have these conversations in our GUA chat as well, but it's the easy explanation of hey, they didn't think about it yet, so here you go. And now we're moving forward with it, which is why, you know, in the instance of us being very hyped about the High Republic, there was inklings of the High Republic in uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And it's very present there. And you're like, okay, well, if it's present there, why is that a present everywhere else? It's just because the High Republic wasn't made during the time of the original trilogy. Like people need to understand this. And so they want to build off of the brands that they are creating currently. That's how people make money and keep franchises going. I'm sorry. It's just the way that it's just, it's the only way to do things. So that was, I'm sorry that I'm still stuck <laughs> on your little impression. That was great. Like, oh, that was great. Uh, no, I completely agree with you. <laughs> Um, that was completely great. Um, and I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, and also I'm sorry if I'm butchering, um, Charmaine's name, 
I promise I will get with it and I will Google the pronunciation. I just forgot, but I'm so annoyed with people going man gold's film and the new Jedi order film about Ray. Like, okay. If you're going to say man gold's film, then say Charmin's film. Yeah. Like, it, like she's not, don't she's say, not getting a lot of rec- recognition, which I, uh, I will be completely honest. I just didn't know her name. And so that's why I always reference it as, Ray's film. Um right. But if you're gonna do new Jedi Order film, then do Donna the Jedi film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It it's only fair, you know. Um, but I I am gonna be very interested to see if it works. Because again, just like the explanation that I got, uh that I gave, sorry. Um I hope that things aren't too on the nose where it's just like, hey, we're just going to copy their homework and just make it a little different for the future story. Um, I want them to be clever with it. I want them. I want us as the audience to have an aha moment, not like, oh, I have to go see Mangold's movie to be able to understand this movie. I want there to be a subtle, a subtlety about it of like, Oh, that's what Mangold's movie was about. Like, this is crazy. Like, those moments are much more appreciated than, hey, like, here's a slap in the face, what this moment is about, you know? Yep. All right. So, does that bring us to Rebels? I think it does. So, Katie, you were the one that that brought this up as far as uh, what our schedule should be about. So I'm going to give you the full reign. <laughs> how are we going to do this? How, how do you want to talk about Rebels Season oh. 1? All right, guys. This is our second ad break. Remember, we don't choose these ads. If, if you don't like them, I'm sorry. It's not on me. But we'll be right back. The big questions I think we're going to answer here is, A, the introduction of the characters, especially being Season 1. And talking their transition through each season because we are going to get to every season before Ahsoka. So that's the big question is kind of talking about each individual character and how they transition through the whole thing. The other thing that I want to kind of hit on with each season is are there key Rebels episodes from that season to watch before Ahsoka? I think that's an important thing because if you're listening to this, we're not going to give you a synopsis. We're going to talk mainly about the characters and like our favorite moments and stuff, obviously with like a typical review, but I want to be able, if you're like, you know, I got time to watch a couple episodes before Ahsoka, but like, I don't know which ones to watch. Yeah. I want to be able to give you guys that answer um, so that you're able to go, okay, yeah, cool. I can hit all this and kind of get in the mix. So, the first character, obviously, to talk about, our, our main guy, right, Ezra Bridger. How do you, how do you like him, how do you not like him this season? Because in this season, to me, he's very annoying, but, like, this is the only season I find him annoying. I will, hmm, I don't know if I can agree with you in saying that he is annoying uh because if you call him annoying then you have to call zeb annoying um zeb is my least favorite character okay (gasps) so like i find he has like funny moments and i love the whole crew don't get me wrong i love the whole crew but like if i had to pick like a least favorite character it would be zeb 
Oh. Well, actually, hold on. <laughs> I I don't know if you're wrong. <laughs> because individually, he may be at the bottom of the totem pole. But if you were to say, oh, these are the groups of the crew that I like. Mm-hmm. I think him with Ezra is gold. I think it is a one top tier. Um, Cause I just love, I love the growth of them as characters. Um, yep. Not only in season one, but throughout the entire series. And we'll get to that every season that we get to. Um, but I think with Ezra, he is of course the newbie of the bunch. Um, he is easily enough, um, and funny enough, considering uh, mm-hmm. the the very large rumors of who was going to be playing Ezra. Um, Ezra, in the very beginning of this of this series, is the Aladdin character. He is the street rat. He is the yep. punk kid. Um, and he's kind of like that. The he's he's the punk kid throughout the entire season. Um, because he has those moments with Zeb that are like, Hey, I'm going to do what I want because I want to do it. Um, whereas Zeb is like, Hey, I'm a senior on this crew. You need to listen to me, blah, blah, blah. And and they, they bump heads. It's just a part of their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I can't agree with you in saying that he is annoying just because he is so unknowing of the world outside of his homework. Um, and that's that's maybe where I'm more leaning is like because he's grown up taking care of himself like I think he's a really good character it's just like him integrating into the um the ghost and everything it's mm-hmm. like like I I need this to like progress a little bit faster because I specifically remember like watching this for the first time I almost didn't make it through the end of season two. And the end of season two is where you need to make it in order to like really get it. I, I'm going to have to watch season two again, um, which we're clearly going to be doing. On the list. <laughs> um, but I, I really do enjoy his journey here because it is full of uh, awe-inspiring moments. It is, of course, the very stereotypical cliche coming of age story as well. Um, but I I love when he because he has this. So this does not, from my knowledge and, and the rest of the series, doesn't progress to anything. But like he has this cute little crush on Sabine <laughs> the entire season. He like. Hey, you you want to check out my room? Or like, oh, you think that I'm clever? Like, oh, you know how I smell? Like, yep. he has like these these quotes about her, which are absolutely hilarious. Um, and she doesn't even bat an eyelash to him, uh, except for maybe one or two episodes. Um, and so I, I think they progress to like a more sister-brother bond at yeah, the end of it. For sure. And I I I just really like the story of hey it's the luke skywalker story without being luke skywalker and i think that's why i like it so much mm-hmm. um just because again there's like this like again i i i love star wars 
and it all started with the Skywalkers. But with me, there's a little bit of an ick with the Skywalkers, you know? <laughs> uh, so when I see Ezra in the way that he is and the way that he acts, uh, and then to see him be innovative with his lightsaber is mm -hmm. one thing, you know? Uh, I think it was uh, Kanan that when he like Ezra pulled out his hilt and he's like, he's like, no, 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 no lightsaber. He's like, don't worry, just watch. And he like shoots it. And Kanan's yeah. like, mine doesn't do that. What the heck? Like, I, I love how Ezra is able to think outside the box. I think that is what brings his character so much value. It does. So I, I really love that aspect about him also. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like, I, I'm saying like, he's annoying. It's mainly like the integration aspect with the ghost crew that kind of drives me insane. By the end of it, like we get to, um, Empire Day and I'm completely in love with Ezra. I think he completely kind of turned around, uh, and is like, you understand him a lot more getting that episode about his birthday and about his parents. Yeah. Um, what character do you want to go with next? Um, let's talk about Zeb since we already kind of talked about Zeb. <laughs> so Zeb, from the very beginning, um, and in all honesty, other than the relationship with with uh with Ezra, he doesn't have much character development. That doesn't happen until later on in the series. Yeah. Um, especially with some rivalries. I'll just leave it at that. Um, because there's a tease at the entire rivalry in this season. Um, so with Zeb, he is the grumpy old man. Um, and you could also give that title to Chopper, but I think <laughs> Chopper is not the crazy old man. He's he's a sarcastic just, asshole. Well, he's just the crazy one. He's not old, he's just <laughs> crazy. Um and I, I, we'll get to Chopper in, in a few minutes. Um, but Zeb, I, because a lot of his focus is with Ezra this season. I think, and the reason why is that the show needed some sort of inner clash yep. to show progression. Because it, 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 it wouldn't be an interesting story if everybody just melded well from the very beginning, right? Yep. You, would you would need that clash in some aspects. Um, and I think just, and correct me if I'm wrong or, or, uh, Zeb's species is the, uh, uh, Lazat, Lazat, yes, the Lazats, um, the Lazats being as like, quote unquote, scary as they are. Um, I think that a lot of people would probably put him as like, the ugly one, the scary one, the no yeah. brains type of individual, but he has a heart. And I think that is, is something that comes up with Ezra a lot too is cause there's uh, the episode where they steal the tie fighter. Um, it is prop. It's quite possibly the beginning of like, Hey, we have something here. Um, yeah. And I, I love that episode. Um, because it's episode again, four, fight or flight, fight or flight, yes. Um, because it, 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 
it shows the beginning of Ezra understanding the force or at least attempting to understand the force. Um, And then it shows the beginning of Zeb's and Ezra's like real relationship. Um, And of course they're just all out silly, um, which I absolutely love. And I think that's what a lot of people will chop Zeb up to is like, Oh, he's kind of, the comedic relief he's sometimes the punching bag um you could put a lot of titles on zeb um but i think without him there would be something very much missing from the crew you know yeah i think so too um especially this season like he's he's like there but like he's also not there like you feel like most of the episodes you feel like you could get away without zeb i feel like there's a couple episodes and it just gets more and more pronounced as you go along through the season, like Ezra. Um, they're all just trying to find their footing with each other. And I think that's like the case with like their specter names. Like you see like Zeb um is Zeb's uh, Zeb's Spectre four or is he five? I can't remember. Um, I believe he is Spectre Four. Four, five, I believe, is Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that flip that. Um. Uh, so I I think he's found as the oldest member of the group, other than like Canon and Hera. I think he's just like a newbie kind of thing. Um, and he's definitely the muscle. Um. But I like I really look forward to talking about him in later seasons because he does become one of my favorites like i say like if he's like my least favorite of the group like they're all irreplaceable yeah so i'm looking at it now uh kanan is specter one hera is specter two um uh chopper is specter three zeb specter four sabine five ezra six okay i wasn't sure with like Zeb being like a refugee technically if he would have got it picked up later or not I really need to read A New Dawn because I think it goes into that in A New Dawn um, that's a book we probably should have read instead of Tarkin but we have Tarkin so yeah Um. so yeah I think that's really it on like Zeb like I, I really do love him and I love his like little quips and stuff that come in now, don't get me wrong. I'm always going to laugh at Chopper, I think, a little bit more, unfortunately. <laughs> Ch- Chopper's just so good. Well, and and what I mean by the tease of the rivalry, I'll go ahead and bring it up, because it is a part of this season. It does go deeper into that relationship and that rivalry later on in season two and season three and season four is a very important part of Zeb's backstory is that his entire species was killed off um he is Mm -hmm. one of the last there is very few left of his kind and i don't remember the name of is he commander i always get this wrong um callus isb agent callus yes callus um there is an interaction this season um where you see callus with a uh with a uh Again, forgot the species name. Um, uh, the certain weapon that they have, Lasat, uh, the Lasat staff. Um, and well, 
does he have a Lasat staff or does he take Zebs away for a quick second? I can't remember what it was. Um, both. Um, like I think there's an episode where he like disarms Zeb. Okay. Yeah, there's an episode where he disarms Zeb. Yeah. So um, he just, but he, he doesn't dis- really take it away. Bow rifle. Yeah, the the rifle. And uh, Zeb says, you don't have the right to hold this. And uh, that's when he says, uh, well, I I am the entire reason why you're, the last of your species is dead. I was there. Um, and of course, that ingrains the rivalry right then and there. Um, and every chance that they are in a firefight, Zeb always goes after him um, mm-hmm. in some aspect. And and Kanan or Hera or Sabine is always having to tell them, like, not today. Let's go. Let's, you know, let's get out of here. Um, so I think that is uh, a very much a very important piece of uh, Zeb's history and Zeb's story throughout the series, um, which is going to be very, very interesting moving forward with how Ahsoka is going to be with with Zeb being there or even uh well I'm not going to tease that because that's a part of a a different season um but uh do you want to go with Chopper next or do you want to go with Sabine let's go with Chopper because there's really I Chopper is an integral member but he's just funny and like his, like it's just so needed sometimes like this like oh yeah fuck you like <laughs> what i feel like he's saying um like the the episode with gal travis uh vision of hope where like they go into the sewer tunnels and like chopper closes the sewer on top of kanan's head he's like hey and then like the imperial stormtroopers come and like weld the entire thing shut and Chopper's like fuck and he pulls out his little like ro- saw. rotator saw yeah and just like starts going around and then like they get to come out of the tunnel and Chopper's almost done like you could see and then Cannon just sticks his lightsaber up and just goes and almost hits Chopper like Chopper <laughs> almost hit him with the sewer tunnel <laughs> I th- I think one of my favorite episodes um and please tell me uh if i get the episode wrong um i think uh and the idiots arrive with lando no, no no which one is it where they temporarily take possession of an empire droid um and they have to go uh Oh, is that the one where they save Kanan at the very end? Is it that one where they're like, oh, we have a new member? Where he pushes him over? Yes. That is my favorite Chopper moment of the entire season. Because there's a moment where, like, everybody's like, yeah, like, I'm totally okay with having another droid. Like, let's bring him (laughs) on. And as the bay doors are closing... Like it's it all seems like a very hunky dory like <laughs> like it, it it it's a very like happily ever after type of ending. At the last possible second, Chopper is like, "Fuck you! I'm the only droid in the ship," and the <laughs> droid just falls to his death, which I think is absolutely amazing. He doesn't die. I yeah, will he say does that survive. 
the droid does survive because he lands next to uh some uh some cats um well i forgot the name of the cats in on uh, lo loath cats loath cats that's right on lothal um so he doesn't die but i just thought it was absolutely amazing um and like you said like as i said also chopper is just the crazy one he's the one mm -hmm. that knows how to poke every single button on every single individual um yep. but even on idiot's ray you know that he is such an intricate part of the crew because Hera is so pissed when she finds out that Zeb bet Chopper on the yep. game. And, and that Kanan allowed him to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kanan was like, oh, that's your hand? Totally. Just You will definitely win. Um, but yeah, I, I love Chopper. Um, and I love Chopper this season, next season, the third season, and the fourth. Because he, it, it is said, um, I can't remember if it's this season or any other season. but and, Or I don't even know if it's just a headcanon of the fandom. But like, as far as the body count of this crew, Chopper has the highest body count. He has killed <laughs> the most people, and he is the most wanted out of all of them. Um, yeah, which is absolutely terrifying. Um, I recently saw somebody uh, on Twitter talk about how uh, funny the interaction is between R2D2 and Chopper um, on, I think, like the third episode. Um, yep, uh, Droids in Distress. Was it the third episode? Yeah. Yeah, I got Droids the episode in, list pulled up in front of me. Yeah. Uh, Droids in Distress. I, I love that episode because who's the other very, like, attitude-driven droid? <laughs> R2-D2. Like, we've seen yep. it in the prequels. We've, you know, heard, you know, the translations, you know, of C-3PO that, like, he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, why would you say that? Um, <laughs> we don't know exactly what R2-D2 said, but we can probably take a guess. <laughs> but we know that he has some attitude to him. So to have these two droids actually interact at one point, like R2-D2 is like throwing up his taser and shit at him. It's absolutely amazing. I love how those two got to interact. Yes. It was so great to see them on screen together. And like, I'm interested to see if like, we'll get maybe some in Ahsoka. Maybe. Um, I don't think we will, but it would be interesting to see because I mean, we already saw Ahsoka pop up in Luke Skywalker show. I mean, book of Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> so you're Luke could easily pop up in Ahsoka, probably topic yeah. for a different day, but uh, no, I yeah, Chopper's great. I and I love seeing his interaction with other droids, and yeah, there's some stuff that I, I'm excited to talk about seeing him transition to in like future seasons but obviously we'll get there <laughs> uh let's go ahead and move on to sabine um we don't get much here because I, again i this first season is very much the season of kanan and ezra and their relationship and they're building upon the fact that ezra is becoming a jedi and everything else uh sabine she from the very start, you know, we see her, she has a very artistic view of things, literally. Um, 
and so I, I appreciate that part of her. Um, unfortunately, there is this kind of, which I didn't know if there necessarily had to be this because of how they interacted in the first few episodes. You would assume, okay, this crew has a a sense of family around them, right? But then it was, I believe, in episode seven, where we see, like, Sabina's starting to question things. And she is like, oh, well, like, why can't you? Like, and there's this thing about trust. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. but even in episode one, it felt like you guys, like, trusted each other with y'all's lives. Like, why are we getting this now in season seven, midway through the first season? Um. I didn't necessarily like this because there's, again, this idea that they're a well-oiled machine and you wouldn't have these types of problems because I feel like they would have already gotten all these kinks out of them the first few missions they had together before they met Ezra, right? Um, Although I, I understand what it meant for the progression of the show. Um, mm-hmm. there is, uh, help me with the name of the person that they don't know the identity of until the very end of the, uh, what's the, co- the code name Fulcrum. Yes. Um, you know, this idea, Sabine's like, okay, who's Fulcrum? Like, why don't I know who Fulcrum is? Um, and we find out later in the season, the whole idea is like, Hey, we're a rebellion that is fighting the empire the controller of the entire galaxy um you know if we all were very well connected throughout the rebellion in a way that could be tracked down we could easily get wiped out that's the entire idea uh and so there has to be secrets among each other so that way they survive um which is very smart i will admit that um, it just it felt like an odd interaction between Sabine and Hera in that episode. Yeah, and I think if they had been able to go, hey, like we are, like I think Hera could have said things a little bit differently, and in order to go, hey, you know, we're a part of a greater purpose, but I can't tell you about it because it's dangerous. Yeah, like. Only certain people need to know stuff. Like, I think that that would have helped her progress a lot more than um, what happened in the episode Out of Darkness did, in particular. Like, I know they progressed and, like, they're able to rebuild the trust in that episode. But it's still, like, she still has questions. Like, we see, um, I think it's Path of the Jedi, or maybe it's Idiot's Array. But, anyways, um where like they actually go for a supply run and she's like okay i'm gonna go down and meet fulcrum and zeb and sabine are like do we get to meet fulcrum this time like it's episodes later but it's still like you know you could sit your crew down and just go look i know you guys want to know here's what i can tell you here's what i can't (laughs) yeah yeah for sure um do you want to go with uh, Hera or Kanan left? Let's talk. Let's talk Kanan because I love Hera in the season. So I want to save her for last. 
Okay. Um, I will go ahead and say it. Um, besides Ezra, just because he is the vocal point of, I believe, every single season. Um, Kanan is my favorite character. Um, oh. More so um, because I love Freddie Prince Jr. Um, favorite, and I, I, I told Chris this because he shared it with me on TikTok. Um, I, every single time I see the video of Freddie Prince Jr. basically slapping all of these so-called fans mm -hmm. of Star Wars that are bitching and complaining about how there's, uh, there should be gray Jedi and Luke Skywalker should be the hero forever and all of this other bullshit. Um, every single time I see that video, whether in small form or in long form, whether it be on YouTube, whether that be on TikTok, whether that be on Instagram or Twitter, I always watch it because it just feeds my inner fandom knowing that there's people crying over this video. Um, it's, it's so good. Uh, and I love Kanan as a character because he is willing to be the master of Ezra, but it genuinely just fell into his lap. It's not something that he was searching for. It wasn't something that he uh, heard from somebody else. And it's like, Hey, let's go look for this, this person who could potentially be a part of the new Jedi. No, it just so happened to fall into his lap. He feels there's a responsibility. And even when he doesn't feel like there's a responsibility, because there's uh, the episode, I believe, episode uh, Rise of the Old Masters. Is it Rise of the Old Masters? Um, yeah, where he tries to find Luminara. Yes, Luminara. Uh, which, by the way, I totally forgot about this episode. Because when <laughs> I saw her on the hollow, I was like, for like a split second, I was like, didn't she die? <laughs> I'm like, this is yeah. interesting. I don't remember this. And then I watched it and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, she's dead. She's she is dead, <laughs> dead. Um, but I because he he eventually tells Ezra, like, hey, I'm not cut out for this. I I never asked to be anybody's master. Like, I don't even know if I'm up to task. Yeah. Like. And because of these certain aspects of your journey, I know that you need help in. I thought she was going to be the best help for you. She's not here. So I'm the best help for you. And I love that about him. There is so many other parts of this season, uh, uh, not just season, but series as a whole that just make Kanan such an important part of the Star Wars fandom in regards to the wisdom of the Jedi, which I, yeah. I adore. Um, he shows so much leadership while also only being second in command. He may be Spectre one, but let's face it. The real Spectre one is Hera. Like she's the one Spectre that makes the leader, bitch. <laughs> she's the one that makes the rules. Um, but I, I, I love Kanan. Because everybody loves Kanan. When you look at the relationship with everybody else, nobody questions him. Nobody. They all trust him. 
Um, the only one that butts heads with them is Ezra. And I think that's more so, hey, you're my master, so I'm gonna ask you the hard questions. I'm gonna act the you know, act the fool and, and be stupid sometimes. Um, but he has patience, which I also really uh enjoy in his character. Um so I I, I love Caden um in every aspect of this season. Um there's uh the episode where he tells uh Ezra to follow the force and, and navigate us. Uh, and then in, in, in reality, uh, he had it on all autopilot the entire time, um, which I thought was hilarious, but it's the, you know, finding the finding quote unquote, the, uh, the Jedi temple and Ezra's journey yeah. through there, um, where we have the cameo of Yoda, um, also, um, just a voice. We don't get him actually in this episode, yeah. but yeah. I, that episode is still very powerful, both for Kanan and for Ezra, because mm-hmm. it's about Kanan learning to trust and kind of getting that backup from Yoda. Hey, you know what? You're on the right path. Like, that's yeah. basically what Yoda's telling him in that case. And it's for Ezra because he gets this kyber crystal. He's able to kind of settle himself and find some answers, find more questions. But ultimately, they both come out of that a lot stronger than when I saw it the first time. I was like, oh he's gonna get lost as crap and like he does get lost but like i didn't see it going the way it did yeah. so yeah um which by the way um i know that there might be some people that are like hey why did yoda have contact with both ezra <laughs> and kanan and then in the original trilogy say oh there is another and they assume Leia. Hey, it makes sense. Yoda could have been talking about Ezra. Just saying. Yep. Just saying. And like he he makes that contact too. And but you also have to think, like, I know Yoda comes into play in like the other season too, but you know, sometimes like the force gives you those visions that you need. So he might have been the voice of Yoda, but it might also have been the force just kind of guiding things. I mean, yeah. the little fuzzy, um, like fairy, oh my gosh, firefly looking things. Yeah. We know like those relate to the wills, which teach the force ghost methodology. So it could have been the wills right there going, Hey, this is the last voice I heard. So I'm just going to use this voice and yeah. then kind of poke both in the right direction. Yeah. Um, which also just uh, bringing him up because I know he's not a focal point of our conversation with the ghost crew. Um, but I think it is a very important part of both Kanan's and Ezra's journey in season one. Uh, but the grand inquisitor, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a very, very emotional and important part of the last episodes of, uh, <laughs> of this season. Um what what's all that about? What are you talking about? We can't say. <laughs> what do you mean we can't? We we could talk about what happened at the very we end of the season. cannot talk about Red Blade because that's what I was about to say. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can't talk about that. Which, by the way, I, I'm just going to flaunt it here. I finished a book before Katie. <laughs> but then again, Katie was like, 
hey, uh, you finished it in two weeks. I'm going to finish it in two days. Okay, peace out. Bye. Five hours total. It's, I spent five hours on the book. Which is absolutely insane. Um, which, by the way, guys, we are recording that at the end of this week, and it will still be available to you via YouTube and podcast uh, next week, even though the book does not release until another, what, three weeks from now. Um, but yep. uh, the Grand Inquisitor, um, I love every interaction uh, with him and Kanan, um, because, again, the whole point of the Inquisitors is to hunt down these Jedi. Um, we uh, we even get Tarkin in these episodes where like, yep. I love that Tarkin is like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You said there was a Jedi Ellie will be met with consequences. Like the the idea that he's like, oh, yeah, Jedis don't exist. OK, I saw them die. There's no more <laughs> Jedi. And then he literally sees a Jedi with his own eyes. He's like, oh. Okay, yeah. Um, and then he continues to reference them as Jedi, even though he says, no, the Jedi are dead. Which I'm like, yeah. dude, pick one or the other, dude. You, you, you can't contradict yourself. Um, but I, I I love the the fights between the uh, Grand Inquisitor and our, our merry crew of the Ghosts, just because like the episode where they go back to the planet... Um, I believe it is uh, uh, called an action. I think it is um, where they, or it may be even sooner than that, um, where uh, Kanan and Ezra go to that planet within the asteroid field where all those like creatures were. Yeah, gathering forces. Gathering forces. It was that soon? Holy crap, it was only two episodes after Out, out of Darkness. Okay, so uh, in that episode, we see how powerful Ezra can get um, mm -hmm. with his uh, manipulation of animals, um, which is absolutely insane. Um, and even Kanan is like, dude, like... I need to teach you how to control that aspect of your mm -hmm. life and, and you using the force because it can be very dangerous. Um, granted, it saved their butts um, in that instance. Um, but Kanan sees how detrimental and how important it is to be like, hey, that path can lead you to a very dark place. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I loved all of that. I love the last part of this season the fight between the two like Kanan thought such a great Ezra, lightsaber fight like he thought Ezra was dead and there is that awesome line where uh the Grand Inquisitor was like uh uh oh you have nothing to lose he's like no I have nothing to fear and like they start fighting oh it was so so good uh just just such a great lightsaber fight yep such a great lightsaber fight all right, are we ready to talk about Hera? Yes, yes we are. And we're about to jump into our third ad. Y'all, we promise we'll be right back. We promise. So Hera, I love her as the mom of the group because this is who I am. Like, are you okay? Like, take care of people, that kind of thing. Um, And like her sending Zeb and Ezra off for a Melu run when she's like, 
yeah, there's no melee runs on here, but you know, that'll force them to bond kind of thing. Yeah. It's like the perfect setup. It's something my mom totally would have done if that sort of thing existed. (laughs) Um, But she's just great. And I hate she gets stuck on the ship so much because when she's off the ship, she's incredible. But obviously she's a great pilot. Um, She has purpose like in mentoring Sabine and Ezra. And obviously later on, Zeb. Heck, she even knocks some sins into Kanan every now and then. Like, that is, like, they're they're iconic together. Like, yeah. and she even calls them dear in this season. Like, it starts from the very beginning. They were always meant to be. Yeah. Um, and I I just, I love her so much. I, I love her as well. Uh, for that aspect alone of the, like, she is the mother hen of the entire crew. Um. But the one thing uh, that you ask any family, um, who do you fear the most? Not the father, it's the mother. Um, The crew (laughs) respects Hera, but they are just as equally terrified of her. Um, She does have that booming mom voice when she needs it. Um, Like there is um, the episode... Oh, shoot. Which one is it? Um, what are you thinking of? When they're needing to go rescue Kanan. I believe it is the second to last episode. Um, which yeah, I think is... he gets kidnapped. He gets caught and called to action. So it's Rebel yeah. Resolve. Yeah, Rebel Resolve Part 1. Um, I love when Ezra is like, you know what? I'm going to go do this on my own. <laughs> because I know Hera's going to fight me on this. And so he goes, he talks to his old smuggler buddies, and he's like, hey, I'm a Jedi, Kanan's a Jedi, and you need to help us. And eventually he's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, um, as long as you owe me uh, a favor. And owing a a Jedi a favor, or or having a Jedi owe you a favor is like the best thing I can ever have. Um, But at the end of that conversation, Ezra walks out, sees both Sabine and Zeb, and they turn around, and there's Hera. And she's, like, drilling into him. And then she's like, okay, let's go save Kanan. And it's mm-hmm. just like, like there's there's a softness to her also, which I absolutely love. Um, yeah. Which I, I, I think being the captain of a crew um, and pilot um, is very, very important. To be able to have a, a wide variety of emotions that you were in control of um because she can be scared we saw in out of darkness um when her and sabine were basically like done for um but then she showed uh the utmost trust in sabine and like sabine saying hey i got a plan with these you know fuel cells and you know them planting bombs uh and all of that um but yeah, uh, the secrecy of Hera as well. It's more so not only to protect the rebellion, but also prote- to protect her crew. Um, which I think, in retrospect, like when you finally tell that to your crew, they're going to realize, like, oh, okay, like you know, the same thing goes for all of those rebellions, you know, across the galaxy. If they were to say anything, our lives would be in danger. Um, so I, I really do love her and the intricacies, the intricacies of her character, um, that are only beginning 
in this season for sure. Yeah. It's just great. All right. So is there any other moment in this season that uh, we kind of haven't talked about that you wanted to hit before we talk about the episodes to watch our recommendations for episodes to watch before Ahsoka comes out from this season? Um, I think, um, well, I, I think that conversation, the conversation of the, like the aspects of the, the things that are in this season go along with the idea of like, Hey, these are the reasons why you should watch these episodes. So let's go ahead and just jump to the episodes to watch this season. All right. So for me, um, so for, I kind of picked more important, like, character moments specifically for Ezra I think season two and season three will get a little more complicated with episodes to watch simply because like they've got more Ahsoka in them so you're going to want to know obviously what Ahsoka's been doing and stuff um so I picked five and it's really I I actually I guess technically it's six because Spark of Rebellion is two episodes um yeah. Obviously, you have to get your introduction to the characters. It's really important. Um, and then the next one I picked was uh, Empire Day. Because that gives you the biggest moment with Ezra. That's his turning point into bonding with the rest of the ghost crew. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of gives you some important context. Um, and especially like the history with Empire Day and everything. Then the last ones I picked, I honestly picked the finale. All three episodes. Um, because they're all kind of part one, part two, part three. Um, I just think those episodes, especially with the Grand Inquisitor's death, um, you see Ezra kind of take the lead on a mission. Um, and you see Kanan kind of go, okay, that to me, this is Kanan's first moment of crap, I screwed up. <laughs> like I got to take responsibility for that. So it's yeah. a big moment for everybody in the ghost crew. If I had to pick two more, had to pick two more, it would be, um, and again, I'm picking more story focused episodes, not necessarily favorite episodes, because that's, what's going to get you the most bang for your buck. Um, for me, it would probably be rise of the old masters and path of the Jedi, because that's going to give you more Jedi context and, complete i think if you watched those seven episodes eight episodes you would get the context but if you wanted to pick five six <laughs> <laughs> well honestly i would have to agree with all of your choosings even those two um with uh the rise of the old masters and path of the jedi the only other one i would there's only one that I would uh, choose outside of those. And that is gathering forces. Um, this one. Um, oh I yeah. I believe this also gives a lot of context to like Ezra's backstory and some key details of like, okay, what is it that is alluding in Ezra's backstory? Like, I think that is very much important. Um, we get something that, you know, we, we in the start of the series, we see Ezra as a loner. He's raised himself. There's not a whole lot of, like, uh, he doesn't have a lot of friends or family. We see him interact with people at the market that know him, but that's more so because Lothal is not a very large inhabited planet. It looks like there's just, like, one basically large city. Um, 
but we learn that there is somebody from Ezra past uh, that like actually knows something about his parents. And I think that is something that uh, is, is very, very big in his backstory. So uh, it looks like from the, uh, from our recommendations, that is episode one, episode two, episode five, episode eight, nine, and 10. And then 14 or 13, 14, and 15. 13, 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of episodes, but I mean, we, we kind of did break it down. If you wanted to hit like the biggest story points, go for, you go for the opening, the middle episode, and then the end. Like, so I think that's like a very good way to break it down. Um, kind of, and like Empire Day gets you like the middle of the season vibes, but if you wanted to throw in nine and ten, I think that makes a a really good match. So yeah, um, you can probably make an argument for Vision of Hope. Um, I think that is the one where Ezra actually has his like monologue, right? Yeah. Um, 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 no, he has the monologue in Call to Action. It is Call to Action. Okay, so never mind. Um, a lot of the other stuff is filler. It's a lot of, hey, we're gonna have a lot of fun with this. There's gonna be a lot of jokes. Um, those are fun. I'm not gonna say they aren't, but like Katie said, um, with with a lot of people probably thinking, Hey, I want to get through this series as much as, as fast as possible with getting as much information as possible. I think the episodes that we recommended will give you an overall idea. Hey, this is how this crew starts. And that's the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. So once again, just to kind of give you the list. Um, so we have the spark of rebellion, which is the series premiere, the first two episodes Empire Day, which is the eighth episode, and then the finale episodes, which are all kind of part one, part two, part three. That's Call to Action, Rebel Resolve, Fire Across the Galaxy. So 13 through uh 15. And then honorable mentions, if you wanted to kind of dive into more of Ezra's backstory and kind of get the Jedi connection, those episodes would be Rise of the Old Masters, which is episode five. Gathering Forces, which is episode nine, and Path of the Jedi, which is episode 10. Yeah. So let us know which ones you choose to take out if you disagree with our choices. If you're like, I really need you to throw in this one into like your recommendations, because and this is why we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, so I think that brings us to the conclusion. Would yes, you? it does. Um, so just to be aware, guys, like I said, last episode, I am house sitting. So um, I do not have the Star Wars hotline on me physically. Um, I will be at my house uh, sometime at the end of next week. So if you guys have left any voicemails or text messages or if you want to, I will not get to them until then. So after our Rise of the Red Blade review um so that number again will be 830-538-4828 again you can give us uh, either your first name or your twitter handle or whatever nickname you would like so that way we can at least address you um as well as we do have an email address 
it is uh star wars alliance that is s-t-a-r-w-r-s-a-l-l-i-a-n-c-e at gmail.com um so please <laughs> i know i always turn that c into an s for some reason um so uh please give us a shout uh via the email if you don't like to text or call um but yeah, of course, you can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter. Um, me and Katie just really quickly this morning figured out uh, our very hectic schedule for July. But you will both be getting uh, Slice of Film and Ranger Alliance. It's just going to be sometimes double the love on our part uh, on some days. Uh, but uh, of course, I am the host of Ranger Alliance um, for patrons. Starting next week, monthly, monthly, it will be at the end of the month, uh, or technically the beginning of each month, uh, really depends on how each month goes. Uh, patrons, you will be getting an extra show um, with me and Jake over from Ranger Alliance. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You just have to join the patron, <laughs> the Patreon to find out what it is. Of course, I will share it once the episode is out. But um, just want to make sure that everything is aligned with me and Jake to actually record. So just be on the lookout on your feeds. Uh, so you will be getting that. And if you want to listen to me outside of the GUA, I do have a show called Batman News Weekly, where me and my friend Juice go and talk about anything and everything Batman uh, in pop culture, movies, video games, comics, anything and everything. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the Superman news uh, ironically, uh, this week. So go check that out if you would like to hear that. And y'all, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Slice of Katie. This show you can find on Twitter. It's at Star Wars Alliance without the A in the war is very important. Don't forget it. Um, my other show on the Geek Ultimate Podcast Network, Slice of Film. Slice of Film is going into its last month as the show is right now um got a lot going on and just kind of need to take a break like reprioritize some things also have fun going back to the movies again because everything has kind of felt like a chore recently um so i kind of want to give myself a good break um and then maybe figure out different ways to do the show if it's patreon only or if it's just something that we talk about um during the monthly gua podcast that's fine too. Um, but you know, uh, with that reprioritization, it comes, um, getting back to my Patreon duties myself. Um, I know I've been swearing that there's going to be a comic conversations dropping on the, the Patreon, but really I have planned into this month. I have a hugely busy month guys, but I have planned out three episodes, uh, that I know I can fit in this month um so expect two um and then one will be for next month um but that is what you can expect those episodes will be uh the mandalorian season one uh comic run um so it's the two volumes and then we will be talking about han and chewy uh the crystal star run or whatever it's called it's guggenheim's run that he just got finished with um so i'll be talking about that as well and I'm still deciding on the third one, but I know it's going to get done um, because I'm like, y'all, I made so many lists today. Clay got so annoyed with me, I'm sure, with everything <laughs> I was sending him. I was like, I need to know. I need to know. Um, so, yeah, um, 
that is what you can expect. And um, from there, it will be two comics a month or uh, one comic and a book that I'm reading that I just want to share with you guys. Um, so with that, uh, I, oh, Slice of Film. Uh, I got sidetracked. Sorry, y'all. Slice of Film. Next week, obviously, Indiana Jones 5, Dial of Destiny, whatever you want to call it, is next, uh, followed by Mission Impossible 6, Mission Impossible 7, Barbie, and Oppenheimer. Yes, we are dropping episodes every single Monday in July. <laughs> Get with it, y'all. There is so many freaking movies coming out. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yes, that is what you can expect. Um, uh, yeah. So with that, I want to wish everyone a great day or night, whatever time of day you are listening or watching, and we will see y'all next time. May the force be with you.